Good evening at 10.36 p.m. on Tuesday, October 27th. Thank you for tuning in to the station. Newsweek.com is reporting... U.S. Postal Service worker charged with dumping over 100 absentee ballots. Written by Ewan Palmer. A postal worker accused of dumping... More than 100 absentee ballots has been charged for willfully obstructing the passage of mail. Deshaun B-O-J-G-E-R-E. Bold Harry. 30 of Louisville, Kentucky, has been charged with the delay or destruction of mail after approximately 111 ballots from the Jefferson County Clerk's Office, which had been being sent to voters to be filled out, were found in a construction dumpster dumpster on Galen Drive, according to the criminal complaint. Boyle Harry discarded the large quantity of mail some time between October 5 and October 15. The dumped mail also included 69 mixed class pieces a flat rate mail, 322nd class pieces of mail, and two national election campaign flyers from a political party in Florida. All the mail was from a single route from one scheduled delivery day. Boyle Harry is no longer employed by the U.S. Postal Service after admitting he was the one who dumped the mail in the construction dumpster, especially in these times. Americans depend on the reliability and integrity of those that deliver the U.S. mail. U.S. Attorney Russell Coleman said in a statement, conduct by postal employees that violates that duty will result in swift federal prosecution. Paul Harry faces up to five years in jail and a $250,000 fine 
If found guilty of the charges, the case is being prosecuted by Assistant U.S. Attorneys Chris Tyke and Don, Tom Dyke and investigated by the U.S. Postal Service Office of the Inspector General. The incident is one of a number of cases in which workers have been charged with destruction of mail in the run-up to November's election. Special Agent Scott Balfour, a spokesperson for the U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General, previously told Newsweek, quote, I will point out that the vast majority of the Postal Service's 630,000 employees are hardworking, trustworthy individuals who work around the clock to deliver the nation's mail and incidents of this nature are exceedingly rare when put into that context end quote the Jefferson County clerk's office said voters who have not received an absentee ballot by October 28th can still go to any polling site and vote in person quote if you say I didn't get it they will send you where you need to go you'll fill out an affidavit and they will hand you another ballot and what they will do at that time is the ballot that was scanned originally to you they will cancel that ballot close quote Noray <coughs> excuse me, Noray Gabaldi, spokesperson for the Jefferson County Clerk's Office, told Spectrum News. The USPS has been contacted for further comment. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> Business Insider reports dozens of families in rural Texas will get SpaceX's Starlink satellite internet for free in 2021. Written by Kate, Kate Duffy. October 27, Elon Musk's SpaceX has agreed to provide internet in a Texas school district via its Starlink network of satellites. It will provide internet to 45 families in early 2021 and an additional 90 families in 
later on, the families will not pay for the internet access. This is the first time that SpaceX's Starlink, a space-based internet service, is being offered in southern U.S. Nearly 900 Starlink satellites are currently in orbit. They are designed to beam high-speed internet around the world and SpaceX is testing the service in northern U.S. and southern Canada. Elon Musk's SpaceX has agreed to provide internet to a rural school district in Texas next year through its Starlink network of satellites. Starting early 2021, SpaceX will initially supply internet to 45 families who do not have broadband access and who live in the Pleasant Farms area of South Ector County, E-C-T-O-R, Ector County. The families will get the internet for free. Ector County Independent School District is paying SpaceX $300,000 per year with $150,000 of that coming from a non-profit. This is the first agreement for SpaceX to offer Starlink Internet in the southern U.S. Nearly 900 Starlink satellites are currently in orbit. They are designed to beam high-speed Internet around the world and SpaceX is testing the service in northern U.S. and southern Canada. As the network grows, it will expand to 90 more families in the same area. The ECISD said on October 20th, as spotted by Ars Technica, the school district will identify the families who lack internet access and deliver the necessary equipment to their home. The ECISD said it would be the first school district to utilize SpaceX satellites to provide internet for students. Scott Murray, ECISD Superintendent of Schools, said, quote, In collaboration with SpaceX, we are providing space-based internet service to students and families that have few, if any, options. Quote, The partners with us share our vision for equity and access for all students. Today, we take a giant leap forward in closing 
the digital di digital divide that exists within our community. Close quote. The ECISD said the coronavirus pandemic had highlighted the need for internet access with students forced to learn from home. According to the district's own surveys, 39% of families have limited or no internet access in the area. The ECISD hopes that its project with SpaceX can help to find, quote, innovative and permanent solutions, end quote, for providing broadband to people across the state. Musk says Starlink will soon be available, available for a public beta, followed shortly by a paid U.S. service. His company wants to launch nearly 12,000 Starlink satellites by mid-2027, though SpaceX said this could possibly rise to 42,000. some good news. And let's do another science story by Business Insider. A scientist Mesmerizing animation shows how our entire solar system orbits an unseen center, and it's not the sun. Written by Morgan McFall, Johnson, David Anderson, and Bob Hunt on July 26, 2020. Our solar system orbits an invisible point at its center called the Berry Center, from which its mass is evenly distributed. Even the sun orbits this point. So the center of the solar system doesn't always align with the center of our star. Planetary scientist James O'Donohue made an animation to show how the Sun, Jupiter, and Saturn play tug of war around the solar system's very center. It's common knowledge that the Sun is the center of the solar system. Around it, the planets orbit along with a thick belt of asteroids. Some meteor fields and a handful of far-traveling comets. But that's not the whole story. 
quote, instead, everything orbits the solar system center of mass. James O'Donohue, a planetary scientist at the Japanese space agency, JAXA, recently explained on Twitter, quote, even the sun, end quote, that center of mass called the very center is the point of an object at which it can be balanced perfectly with all its mass distributed evenly on all sides. In our solar system, that point rarely lines up with the center of the sun. To demonstrate this, O'Donohue created the animation below which shows how the Sun, Saturn, and Jupiter play tug-of-war around the very center, pulling our star in looping many orbits. In his free time, O'Donohue makes animations to show how the physics of planets, stars, and the speed of light work. Quote, the natural thinking is that we orbit the sun's center, but that very rarely happens, he said. It's very rare for the solar system's center of mass to align with the sun's center. The sun's movement is exaggerated in the video above to make it more visible, but our star does circle millions of kilometers around the very center, sometimes passing over it, sometimes straying away from it. Much of that movement comes from Jupiter's gravity. The Sun makes up 99.8% of the solar system's mass, but Jupiter contains most of the remaining 0.2%. That mass pulls on the Sun ever so gently. Quote, the Sun actually orbits Jupiter slightly Donahue said within the solar system planets and their moons have their own very center earth and the moon do a simpler dance with the very center remaining inside earth Donahue made a video of that too The animation also shows how the Earth and Moon will move over the next three years in 3D. The distance between Earth and the Moon is not to scale. Pluto and its Moon, Sharon, do something similar but with a unique twist, the very center is always outside of Pluto.
So every planetary system orbits an invisible point, including the star or planet that appears to be at the center. Buried centers sometimes help astronomers find hidden planets circling other stars since they can calculate that the system contains mass they cannot see. Quote, the planets do orbit the sun, of course, O'Donohue said. We are just being pedantic about the situation. Close quote. Speaking of um, business insiders, there's one article here that she says she's a dominatrix who makes over $6,000 a month online. One of, in her name, I won't won't give because I'm sure it's a, a fake name. One of Miss O.R.'s clients has a debt contract where he must regularly send her money. Believe it or not, it's under careers. I'm a dominatrix who makes over $6,000 a month online. During the day, I'm just another mom in yoga pants. Here's what my job is like, written by Jenny Powers, October 18th. Olivia Rose, oops, I shouldn't have given the name, <laughs> a 30-something dominatrix based in and then the city. Rose grew up in a religious family in in that city. At 18, she began working as an escort at, a various, at various clubs to pay for college and later became a strip dancer and fetish model. There's a lot more to being a dominatrix then simple sex work, Rose says. Every client has unique preferences from sissification to foot worship, chastity, and even financial domination, a.k.a. wallet draining. In 2019, she earned over 
$80,000 from in-person Domi sessions, fetish modeling, phone sex, camming, and selling clips and worn clothing items. Here's her story as told to freelance writer Jenny Powers. I was 18 and working in a sub-sandwich shop in that then she gave this city when I came across a local classified ad for a hostess job at a club. The ad said the job paid $80 a night, which was way more than I was pulling in, slapping sandwiches together. I was trying to scrape up enough cash to pay for community college, so I jumped at the chance. When I turned up for the interview, I learned it wasn't just an ordinary club. It was a swingers club and basically a front for a working brothel. And the so-called, quote, hostess position was nothing more than a euphemism for escort. Despite having been raised by hardcore, and then she gives the religion, I'll leave that out. I was an openly rebellious and sexual person, so when they offered me the job, I took it. The club wound up being super seedy and not a great fit, so I left after a month, but continued escorting at the, and then she gives the club's name, leave that out, where I remained for from 2002 to 2005. Luckily, I always managed to time my schedule right and was never there when the place got raided by the vice squad. It was a 9 to 5 job, but the reverse of the traditional 9 to 5 because we started work at 9 p.m. and finished up at 5 a.m. On average, I could pull in a minimum of $500 per shift, allowing me to pay for college and survive on more than just 79 cents Del Taco burritos. As a little girl, my parents did everything they could to stomp out my natural rebellious personality. From a young age, I would question everything and call out hypocrisy whenever I saw it. By 15, I told my parents I didn't believe in our religion. By 17, I announced I wanted to go to college, despite having learned full well that higher 
education was frowned upon by our faith. Since I was only a week shy of turning 18 when the semester started, I needed my parents' permission to register. They allowed me to enroll in one class at community college. I chose Psychology 101 and later I transferred to she gives the university. I'll leave that out. I was considered a sophomore class credit wise when I ended up dropping out in the summer of 2005. I often think about going back to finish but haven't had the time or mental drive. I have bounced around the idea about going back and then trying to get into the master's program at, she gave the name, in Human Sexuality Studies, but I'm still not sure, maybe one day. My father was an elder in the church, so our family was supposed to set an example for everyone else, needless to say. I was a terrible example. I have always been the type who will try anything once. In 2005, I started working as a dancer at a strip club and did some in there all the time. Overall, though, I found stripping to be emotionally draining, so I gave it up. In 2007, I stumbled into fetish modeling while doing a boudoir shoot inside a dungeon in and she gave the city I'll leave that out I got along really well with the people on the shoot and they booked correction they hooked me up with a list of people to reach out to for future gigs I pursued it and wound up doing a bunch of damsel in distress type shoots or bondage sites, videos, and pinup magazines. I still do fetish model shoots. They can be a lot of fun with the right props. She says, I was classically trained under a domain named, and she gives his name, for two years beginning in 2008. He was a married polyamorist, practicing Buddhist. I was 
under contract with him for domain training and served as his submissive also in the industry. This is known as being collared. C-O-L-L-A-R-E-D, collared. We'd have daily phone calls as well as in-person sessions. And every six months, we'd review our agreement that outlined topics like negotiations and consent. As far as lifestyle, BDSM protocol and how to practice safely and consensually, I feel this was my greatest learning period. All of the training was extremely therapeutic and helped me reclaim much of what I'd lost over a very tumultuous three-year period in my life. There's a certain freedom someone gains when they explore BDSM and their sexuality. And I definitely learned a lot about myself, what I like, and my boundaries. Boundaries are something that has taken me a long time to learn, especially when it comes to friendships and relationships. Around the same time in, she gives this city, I'll leave that out, I started doing these performance bondage shows where I'd tie people up on stage. I also began working as a dominatrix and seeing clients in person. Before I ever agreed to meet a client for an in-person session, they must pass a background check, provide references from other sex workers they've worked with, and put down a deposit. My rate is $300 an hour. Every client is different, so every session is bound to be as well. Sessions run the gamut. There's a rope bondage, diaper, discipline, corporal punishment, key holding slash chastity, foot worship, and sissification, which I enjoy a great deal because I like dressing submissives up and find it can be quite cathartic for them to experience a gender transformation. Sometimes a guy just wants to meet me outside and then she gives this restaurant's name, we'll skip that, for a sock exchange where I take off my dirty worn socks and give them to him in exchange for $150. Selling intimates is a thing. You know, in fact, anything can be a thing, really. 
hold on to your seatbelts. <laughs> this is this is really above my pay grade, but I'm struggling trying to read it. My clients have a wide range of sexual proclivity proclivities. One has a beam scale in his home dungeon and loves measuring and weighing me despite the fact my measurements rarely change. Another keeps a chart on his wall and when he earns a certain number of gold stars, I allow him a weekly Well, she, I'll spell it. She says orgasm, O-R-G-A-S-M. Orgasm denial is pretty common as is role playing. One time after the Games of Thrones finale, I had a client request a role play session based on the show. I also do financial domination. She calls it F I N D O M Fin Tom. Sometimes known as wallet draining. Fin Dom can take lots of different forms. For example, every time I snap my fingers, a guy might have to pay me a certain amount or maybe yeah. He has to pay me every time my shoe dangles from off my foot. One of my clients even has a written debt contract set up stating that he owes me a certain amount of money which must be paid by a certain date. Back in April during the height of the pandemic, one guy gave me over $4,000, which included the $1,200 he received from his government stimulus check. She says, quote, I like to think of my brand as sadism with a smile because when it comes down to it, I'm truly a happy sadist. Close quote. Rose finds many of her clients online through sites like, and she gives them, I'm not going to promote them. In 2010, I started camming on street. Oh, well, I'm not going to promote that one either. I'm definitely more of a sensual may than the type that just barks orders at you, although I can certainly do that too if necessary. I do all sorts of fetish stuff on camera from putting on latex medical gloves and a gas mask to wearing medical scrubs to napping in a full hazmat suit. 
Yes, sometimes I get paid to nap on video. I use several different sites. She gives them all, among others. My rates are, she gives that. <laughs> for the main group shows, and she has a different rate for a minute for a one-on-one -on -one exclusive. She says, I've made $1,800 camming during a single nine-hour work day. I don't know what camming is, but maybe she means working on camera or video. I don't know. Oh, there's still more. <laughs> In 2019, I earned 80000 between in-person Domi sessions, fetish modeling, phone sex, camming in, selling clips. People are always surprised to learn that Domi's have a normal everyday life outside of kink. We're not walking fetish robots after all. There's this perception of what we are like, but there's a lot more to me than what you see on camera. I've been in a relationship for four years. I have a child, and there's a lot more to me than sex work. I've always been a very schedule-oriented person, but the pandemic has forced me to juggle my calendar around quite a bit. Before COVID-19, my days were free to do in person or virtual domain sessions, fetish shoots, and even create clips and edit them after our bedtime routines. Now, all my work is virtual and with my daughter home all day doing remote school. I've shifted my work hours to 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. We left in a city. I'll leave the name of the city out two years ago and moved into a place with a cute little yard in a middle-class neighborhood in, and she gives the new city's name. My neighbors have no idea what I do for a living. On the outside, I'm just another mom and yoga parent waiting at the school bus stop, and that's just fine with me. And there's another lady with her story, but one is quite enough. <laughs> we needed to change things up from the the usual, but um, well, that's a change.
keep scrolling and we'll find something here. Oh yeah, there was something really unusual. <laughs> Let's see if I can find that one. It's really different. <laughs> uh, see if I can find it again. Have to scroll a long ways to find it. Oh man. Magic and Cookie or smiling. Magic Johnson and Cookie Johnson were really smiling, happy. Because the Dodgers won the World Series. They are real happy. Mm-mm-mm. Well, today we should find a lot of inspiring news with the Dodgers' big win. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Big celebrations. Yeah. My nephew and his lady are engaged. Big shout out to Tiger 180 of the Do Better Show. He's engaged. He proposed and the lady accepted. Congratulations, Tiger 180 and his lady. Mm. Los Angeles City Hall lit up in blue to honor the Dodgers. <laughs> it's going to take a little while to scroll through all this to find. Yeah, I got a lot to scroll in. Till I can find the uh, find the one I'm looking for. Hmm. I don't want to spoil it <laughs> by telling you what it is, I want you to be just as surprised as I was. I just, today I have so many things I have to scroll through because people are celebrating their engagement parties and, and so much other. They already have Christmas celebrations. They already posted their Christmas tree. <laughs> their Christmas tree online. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. Why not? It's time for some good news. Mm. Well, at least I have time now to thank everybody for tuning in and supporting the show and telling everyone about it because um, the ratings for the show and the 
the analytics for the show, all of that. Believe me, it's something I could have never predicted. If I had to guess, I would have missed it by a country mile. I just, uh, I'm really surprised, pleasantly surprised, humbled, grateful. Just, uh, well, we, we have a good story here. But I think I'm going to close this session and come back with the other stories because it's going to take me a while to find the one I was looking for. And I keep seeing other good ones that I need to post so you can hear them. So I'm going to close this session. Thank you for listening. <laughs>